the Playhouse and That's Not Canon Productions acknowledge the Yuggera people, traditional custodians of the land on which we are recording this show today and all surrounding areas where we live, learn and work. We also pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Roomies, welcome to the Playhouse. You may have realized that this is a different voice to what you're used to hearing. That's because this is um, talent manager on the Playhouse, Juliet, and I'm thrilled to be here. Chelsea and Brooke have given me the chance to guest host this episode, which I'm so grateful for, because this week we're talking to a great friend of mine. He and I work together uh, this would be about six years ago. We were performers together once upon a time. So we've known each other for a while and I just jumped at the chance to bring him on as a guest at the Playhouse. He's what I would call just a constant creator. He's a major source of positivity in a rehearsal room, in an audition. He loves theater and he loves supporting performers. Yeah, I just knew that he would have so much to say about the state of theater in the U.S., in Australia, worldwide, and just so much great information and wisdom. Um, so we're going to be talking to Jimmy Larkin. He is the voice behind the social media account, Let's Hear It for the Choice. So if you haven't been on Instagram lately and looked for performer videos, then you may not have seen it, but it's more than likely that you've come across some of his videos. So Let's Hear It for the Choice focuses on performers who make bold choices and really praises them. So it's a wonderful account to follow, and it just uh, just goes to show you what's possible in theater and in performance. So thrilled to introduce you to Jimmy Larkin. Well, Jimmy, hello. Welcome to the Hi. Playhouse. It's so nice to talk to you. Oh, it's so great to talk You're to having you. having me too. too. Of course. Look, when we talk about people who are performing arts industry experts, people who know what's going on and are involved and have, you know, worn a lot of hats, you are one of the first people that I think of because you have played so many different roles and you're so invested and so caring when it comes to the arts and the performing arts. So hundred percent, that's why we had to have you on. Um, so where are you coming to us from? I am in New York city right now. Yep. I actually just got back, uh, like a month or two ago. Um, I was in La Jolla doing a show there and I stayed there for the whole pandemic. They actually housed us there for free because they, they own the housing and they, they let us stay there in their housing. It was really, really sweet. But I was there for the whole pandemic. You're kidding. Because you were you were working on Fly. Is that right? We're going to show called Fly, a new show. It's actually technically not new. They did it about 10, maybe like a little over 10 years ago. And then they were busy with Hamilton. It's like a lot of the same team members. And uh, so they kind of put it to rest for a second. And then they brought it back. And I think uh, they wanted to work on it and see where they wanted it to go and what they wanted to do with it. And um, we had just opened and then we had one show after opening and then we closed. Um, but at least here's the thing, we got to open, we did it. We did all the previews, you know, like there are some people who didn't open the shows they were rehearsing. So I'm forever grateful for that, you know. Mm. And what was your role in the show? So I was actually swinging. I was swinging all the Lost Boys. It's a, it's a Peter Pan type show. It's told through um, Wendy's, more Wendy's perspective, a little more, uh, 
feminine energy. Um, but I swung all the Lost Boys and I actually went on during previews for almost a whole week. So like, even though we had just opened, I actually got to do the show, which is shocking because it was only like going to be a month long run, you know? Yeah. And as a swing, you potentially could have gone through the whole run without ever going on. You just Easily. never know. For a month, especially. Yeah. Oh, that's so great that you got to perform it and got to feel feel the show from an audience, you know, having an audience and everything. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, I'm absolutely not surprised that you were involved in a Peter Pan musical. <laughs> not the first time. No, definitely isn't. <laughs> Probably not the last either. No, I don't think so. I think you are an expert on Peter Pan. At when this you're point. my height uh, and sound like me. Uh, I usually I used to get little kids at uh, the camp I was working at ask if I was an elf. So, <laughs> oh, Jimmy, you and I have that in common. But now I'll take pride in it. If I can make money off of it, hey, I'm not mad at it. Oh, a hundred percent. It's such a specific type and such a specific For part sure. to play. Um, we'll just quickly establish, Jimmy. You and I worked together in 2015 when mm. we were with Disney Cruise Line. So, of yeah. course, we saw a lot of Peter Pan at that time in our lives. And we, we were scene partners, too. We we definitely were. At the start of the cruise, the entire audience saw you and I together on stage. Um, yeah, what it's June now. I'm trying to think where we might have been. We were probably sailing through the Baltic. The Baltic, I would imagine, probably. Yeah, yeah. like seeing Norway and all of that, which was incredible. One of the most it's memorable years. Let's talk about one of the one of the big things I'm dying to hear about because it's something that I've only seen from a distance and haven't really heard you talk about it is about your social media account. Let's hear it for the choice. So tell me how you decided to launch it and especially what the name means for anyone that's unfamiliar. Totally. Um, so I remember like, I've always been a big YouTuber as far as like musical theater goes, you know, there's always been so many things on YouTube. Um, and like, I love like the niche videos that like people haven't seen, you know, I love like just like random, a random clip of a girl that sounds incredible at her middle school, just like killing it in whatever show, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I've had all these videos in my brain forever. I'm not really like a, a good YouTuber in the sense that I don't save things, I don't bookmark things or whatever it is, you know, I'm not good at that, but I would always have these in my brain. And so during the pandemic, I was bored and I was like, you know what, I need to start, or it was actually before the pandemic, I was like, I'm gonna start writing these down whenever I think of them. So I at least have a list, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just like made this list in my phone of like all my favorite videos so I wouldn't forget them. And then I was like, you know what, I wanna put these clips all in one place for myself, you know? Like in case sometimes, sometimes things get taken off of YouTube and I was like, I wanna put them all in one spot. So I kind of started it as like a Finsta almost, you know, I was like, I don't want to post these on my Instagram. Cause it's like, I was like, nobody wants to see that little did I know. Yeah. Um, I was like, I don't want to post it on my Instagram. Cause I was like, people don't want to see that. So I'm just going to make this Finsta kind of for myself, for my friends. Um, and, uh, just put them all in one place. So I just like started posting on there and I asked my friend right before I did, I was like, what should I name my like Finsta? I was like, I want it to like have to do with like musical theater and like making choices aka like how would I describe making a choice like making a big statement uh or like I don't even know how to use describing what a choice is throughout without the word choice yeah completely uh, I guess it's taking taking a piece of music or a scene or something on a paper and putting your own personal stamp on yeah, it absolutely yeah and and doing something that maybe people wouldn't expect and doing something that is like a big yeah almost like a statement um and doing something that maybe isn't written or people hasn't been done before, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so he, I asked my friend who's pretty punny, um, 
Uh, and I love that word. He came up with a few names, and this one was based on "Let's Hear It for the Boy," but he because it's musical theater. Ah, uh, okay. And that was actually the first video I posted. It was a high school doing "Let's uh, Hear It for the Boy," some like crazy choreo. Um, and so he came up with "Let's Hear It for the Choice," and I was like, "That's it." Yeah, uh, that makes total sense. The reference to "Let's Hear It for the Boy" and "Let's Hear It for the Choice," and especially. You're so focused on positivity and supporting and highlighting and saying, look at the incredible choice this person made. So even the name implies that. It says like, all right, everyone, like give it up for this person. Let's hear it for them because they made a strong choice. Yeah, and I think it just kind of came out of perfect time because people were obviously missing theater. So I started it right in like May of last year. And I didn't, I didn't follow anyone on the account because I didn't want to get too lost in it. And I wasn't like hashtagging because I wasn't trying to go for likes or follows or anything. And it mm-hmm. just was like for me, it was for me. And then as more people started to follow it, it was not only for me, but it was for anyone. It was for recognizing the people that were on it, you know, people that might not get recognition because our industry is unpredictable, you know, like there could be the most talented people in the world who just can't catch a break for X, Y, and Z reasons, you know? And so it was just for recognizing them in some way. And then the beautiful thing that it turned into was just that big names like started to follow it and they started to recognize this, the smaller people, you know, I, I'm doing quote, uh, quotation marks because they're not smaller anyway. People can't see that I'm doing that, but (laughs) it's, it's just nice. It was really, it was really beautiful because I'm, I'm also in, in a way, you know, like, uh, a quote unquote nobody too. So it's like I'm putting this video of this other person who maybe hasn't been recognized up, and these people who everyone respects think that it, they're so incredible, you know. And it's nice to just give them a platform to be seen, yeah, and be appreciated. Oh, completely. And the range of performers, like you said, you recognize middle schools that did incredible work. And sometimes what you'll say in the caption is not just about the performer, but applaud the theater director who decided to put someone, you know, who wasn't traditionally cast in the role in the role and gave them the chance to show that off. So just all around, it so emphasizes, like you said, there are talented people everywhere and they just need a a chance to be seen. Yeah. And I've learned so much like through it too. You know, I've like been looking at performers that I have underappreciated, like even so the Super Bowl happened and the, the ASL signer, caught my eye you know that like it was Jasmine Sullivan singing and the signer was incredible and I was like he better work and so I put a video up on of him on the page and it was one of the most liked things on the page and it's just nice to like to to see those things get appreciated too you know Mm -hmm. like someone that probably is usually underappreciated or maybe is on a small screen on the side on the broadcast of the Super Bowl, you know, and, and to see that people really appreciate it. Yeah. Do you feel at this point like you could be impacting the industry through what you're doing? It's really wild to think about. So I would say no out of um, being overwhelmed maybe, <laughs> but um, no, yeah, that's, that's a, it's a really beautiful thing to think about. Um, I, I think it's, I've, I've, like you said earlier, I've done a lot of random jobs in, in the theater industry. And I think that, uh, something that people I think have been reflecting on this past year is just not only representation, but just the way uh, we cast things and who gets the opportunity to tell stories. And I think that if anything, I just hope that this page to the people who do follow it or don't follow it and see the posts at least, um, just see that there is talent everywhere and there's not 
and and that the big names aren't necessarily all the ones that uh can really impact people you know yeah oh absolutely and theater you know, it's a lived experience, right? It happens, a show opens, performers do an incredible job, and then it closes. And the only people who knew about it were the ones that sat in the audience. So the fact that you can use your platform and share even just 30 seconds of someone doing something really impressive, you know, you're going to reach such a wide audience and then someone sends it to a friend and to another friend and suddenly a million people have seen the video. And you are the starting point. And I think one of the other influences possibly could be, and this is not for my pages, just the real, there's a lot of like those, these types of pages. And I think that something that I think people have been thinking about more lately is I'm not a huge fan of, ironically, I'm not a huge fan of bootlegs, like as, especially with like Broadway shows and stuff that like run long, a long time. Yeah. But I think there is something special about capturing those moments, you know? Um, and so I think people are starting to relook at it. I mean, I don't even, I don't think that people should be allowed to take bootlegs in the theater necessarily, but I do think that those long running shows, whenever there's replacements, I think we can get somebody, some professional footage taken of each replacement, you know, mm. and, and do with it what we want and like get permission for the, from those people to post the things. But like, I think that some people don't have the opportunity to go to live theater and don't get to see certain people in roles because they saw it two years ago and, and such, you know? And I think that these videos are important, you know? A lot of our lives are on our phones and are on our laptops um, these days. And I think that it's a really impactful way to experience theater that you might not have gotten to see in person. Mm-hmm. So how do you think that social media will be used in the future when it comes to live performance? Do you think that there will be more of this? People getting little snippets and sharing that, you know, or giving permission to share video of their performance? Like, would you like to see that? I would like to see, yeah, I would like to see, again, not necessarily bootlegs, not just random people coming in and filming, because I think there's, it's a double, it's a double-edged sword in the sense that I want everyone to feel safe on stage. You know, I don't want an alphabet on a bad day who had a bad defined gravity to worry about that being on the internet, you know, right. like she shouldn't have to worry about that. And, That's a great and, point. and you won't get an honest performance if everyone's always worrying about bootlegs, which I know is a huge thing, especially with Wicked, you know, I'm sure they go out there every night and they're like, I wonder if anyone's recording this, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that shouldn't be a thing. But I think that um, I wish, I, I hope there's a way in which in the future, every person who graces a, the, like a Broadway stage or a, a, a stage of a show that's running a long time, if they're a replacement that they can get some sort of footage for themselves. And so they can be seen by people who haven't been at the show. And then on the other side of that, so completely opposite to bootlegs. Yeah. Things like Hamilton getting released on Disney Plus. And obviously that was a legitimate full-blown recording. Things like Ratatouille, the TikTok musical. Like, do you think that even when Broadway, West End, all these theaters are fully functioning, we should continue to look for those opportunities to share that work? That is is the perfect example. I'm glad you brought that up because I think that that's, that's exactly what I wish there was more of in the sense that these people that are editing it and directing the filmed version, they're making sure they get the best or almost the very best that these actors can do. You know, like they'll probably, I don't know how they film it, but like in in a world where they could film it more than one night, they can splice together the best and just, you know, like have every person in that. I'm sure most people in Hamilton felt good about the tape, you know. I would hope Um, so. There wasn't anything in there that was awful, I'm sure. But, you know, like, I think it's it's such a beautiful thing. And, and, and for a show like that, I think it depends show to show, but that's not going to hurt Hamilton. I think that they're starting to see that like, 
in fact, it could help a lot for certain musicals. I think that a show like Legally Blonde, which I joke about all the time, I think it kind of blew up a little more after the MTV taping of it, you know, yes. which was, I think, right before it closed almost, you know, I think that like people love that taping of that musical. Um, and yeah. I think that, I think that there's been a, a stigma around bootlegs or about, about taping shows. And I think that people have thought that it really ruins sales, but I think that people really appreciate live theater. And even if they saw it on their screen, they want to go experience it now, you know? Yes. Right. The, the danger is probably that it could cheapen it. Right. If I can get a video of Hamilton, why would I go pay the full blown ticket price? But you're right to people who think that going to see a Broadway show is is impossible. And look, we're you know, I'm currently speaking to you from Australia where we have incredible theater here. But for so many of us, we're not regularly going to be able to travel to New York to see shows. So to be able to Mm -hmm. see them on a screen and go, this is what it's like to be in the theater. I got to get it a ticket. I yeah. got to get back yes, in. And I haven't been shows. in there, been to the theater yet. They can see what it's like a little bit and yeah. And, 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 and want to go or like a kid who hasn't gone yet, you know, like I guess half the reason that a lot of people go to the theater for the first time is because they see a movie musical and stuff, you know, and now they can see that there's an even, I mean, for me looking back, my favorite movie musical growing up was the wizard of Oz. I was obsessed yeah. with the wizard of Oz. And I remember my theater, like my uh, love for theater kind of started because there was this concert in the 90s of The Wizard of Oz and it starred a bunch of like pop singers. Like Jewel was Dorothy, Natalie Cole was Glinda, um, like Nathan Lane was the lion, Joel Grey was the wizard. It was all like wow. celebrities in the 90s. Really, really cool production. Um, and I remember I labeled the, or my mom labeled the uh, VHS Dorothy on stage because that's what I would call it. I would say, I want to watch Dorothy on stage. Like I loved the movie Wizard of Oz, but then I also was infatuated with this idea that like they did it live, you know? And it was like theatrical, you know? Like there was something different about it that I loved. And that's exactly the difference here. You know, I think that even though it's on a screen, I think people can see, like catch the bug through watching a video. Mm, that's a, yeah, a great way of putting it, catching the bug. Complete side note, do you remember when we went to see the red, um, the ruby slippers in DC, you and I? Oh my, yes, I yeah. forgot that we had DC. Yep, you came down, and this is why, uh, for anyone that doesn't know you, you are such a diehard supporter of your friends who are performing of the arts because you took a bus down to DC to see your friend who was in, I think it was Motown the musical? It was a two for one. Um, it was actually an ex of mine that I'm really close with. Good, like he's a good friend. Yep. He was in Matilda, but it was mainly for Motown. But yeah, it was. It ended up being a two for one. Yep. And so you took that four hour bus ride, came down. You had a day in DC. You and I met up and went to the Smithsonian, and then you went and saw the show and went home to New York. Ruby slippers. Oh, I love that. Yep. And how easy was it for us to run into the Smithsonian? You know, you have to go through security, but we just went and found them. That was all we looked at. You had your moment and we left. I was like, I'm here. Gotta see them. Yes, because it was so important to you. And I don't think I knew that about the VHS tape. Yeah. That makes makes it even more special. Now, with, um, with the arts, and you touched on this a little bit, do you think that there is a movement, and this ties back into social media because people have more of an opportunity to speak, to share their opinions and their thoughts. Do you think that there is a major movement happening 
with theaters reopening that we need to really address creating a welcoming, inclusive environment in in rehearsals, in casting processes, that we really need to start thinking outside of the traditional. Do you see the start of that happening and really like catching? I absolutely see the start of it. I mean, I don't, it's we, only time will tell as far as the U.S. goes. I know that you guys are pretty, pretty much completely open, right? Uh, pretty much. It's a bit, yeah. um, uh, Victoria, a few states away, um, they've shut down recently because they had a bit of a scare. In Queensland, we've been very lucky, but essentially we've been back to normal for quite a while. Yes. So obviously the U.S. is barely starting to open theater. Like Broadway is still a few months away and such. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, it's hard to it's hard to really say until uh, we get back in there. But there's been a lot of talk. And that's the thing, you know, a lot of talk about inclusivity and representation. But it's like you 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 can't really know if people are going to hold their under the bargain until it's actually in front of them, you know? And, and I think that the hard part that a lot of people forget about is that so much of the industry is based around theater, at least the commercial industry. And that's what a lot that I've learned on the other side. And that's the part that really deters me from doing certain jobs. You know, I had a hard time in casting because I'd be so passionate about casting in a certain way, an interesting way that was exciting to me and maybe different. And people will go with what's marketable and what, a lot of the target audience wants and you know um for lack of better words in the u.s it's you know a lot of rich white people uh mm -hmm. older people sometimes too and so uh it's 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 a it's a tricky situation because you have to market to, to your audience to a certain degree because you need to make the money on your show yeah but i personally believe that creating art that makes people think differently is so much more important. And it's the only way to move art forward, you know? And I think that sometimes you have to do that in smaller doses and get people there. But like, I guess an uh, 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 example that comes to mind is like Brandy Cinderella, for example, mm. the Cinderella with Brandy and Winnie Houston. Yep. That was ahead of its time. And you have to find ways to introduce it to people um, like that, that are just so groundbreaking. And yeah, and I, I think that, it's been done before. It's been done like in the nineties, for example. So it can be done now, you know? And I think people just really need to, to think outside the box and realize that there are, that representation and inclusivity can be marketable, you know? Yeah. And, and to not just sell out on an easier way to cast that you is, is foolproof, you know? Right. And you bring up a great point, right? It has to be marketable. Sure. Because ultimately you have to sell tickets. It's the only way anyone in the industry gets paid. But bigger picture is making a statement and really standing the test of time. So that Cinderella, when that's come back onto streaming services now, how exciting has it been for our generation who watched it in the 90s to watch it again and go, gosh, I didn't even realize that was groundbreaking at the time. We didn't think twice about it. Nope. And I think that's a lot of how this generation is, which is also a lot what I a lot of what I see these days is um, Gen Z. It's it's not it's it's nothing groundbreaking to them. Like if you were to show them Brandy as Cinderella, they'd be like, of course, yeah, she's beautiful. And so to them, it's no surprise. It's it's the older people, you know. It's it's getting mm -hmm. used to something that's different, maybe, you know, and. I do think that the future of theater is in good hands, um, but it's hard because you're marketing it toward not just the future of theater, you're marketing it toward everybody. 
Yes, absolutely. And and yeah, as as theater supporters and artists and theater goers, we do want to reach a wide audience of people. We want to introduce new people. We want returning audience members. We want them all to enjoy themselves and keep coming back, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you, so you worked with the kind of the next generation pretty firsthand because you were on the Christmas Story tour. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, that was a crazy story. I don't even know if you know this, but I... So long story short, there was a boy that came on the cruise. Um, I met him as a, as a, as a guest. He really took a liking to uh, the shows and the cast members. And he came up to me in one of the lines to meet one of the characters and was like, hi, I'm, I do theater myself. And it's so nice to meet you. And I was like, oh, so nice to meet you too. Saw him a bunch of times on the cruise. Yep. He left me in at the end at the front desk with his um, mom's email I emailed him back and forth here and there, like just like sweet emails of like, he's like, I hope you're doing well. I hope the cast is great. You know, he was like maybe 11 at the time. Mm-hmm. He showed uh, up at the camp that I work at over the summer in New York city. And I was like, you look so familiar. And then we, he was like, Oh, um, what's your name? And we like traded names. And I was like, you're that boy from the cruise, right? Oh, figured that out. They were looking for a Ralphie on the, on the Christmas story tour, which is the lead role. And I knew the casting director and I was uh, somewhat here and there assisting her. And so I gave her the name of him and I was like, he'd be really great. He should come in. He went in, they fell in love with him. He booked it. And his mom was like, I don't know how to um, send him on this tour. She's like, I have two other kids and I have to be at home. But he booked this now and I don't know what to do. So she asked me if I would go on the tour as his guardian. So I was on the Christmas story tour as a guardian for him. Um, as That's like with, incredible, but it was crazy that I met him on the cruise. Right. And, oh, it just feels serendipitous that he would have been at that camp. You know, it just, it it's all a, fell into it place. Was the universe. Completely. But yes, I do work with kids a lot and I do work, um, in the summers with a ton of kids through, uh, a program that's just like, uh, an intensive over like it's a, each, each session is a week long and we do a lot of master classes and such. Yeah. But yeah. I yeah. love working with kids. Oh, do you feel like you learn from them? You're teaching them, but you feel like you learn lessons from them in class. Absolutely. Also, it's funny, like I scroll on TikTok here and there, which is a lot of Gen Z. Yeah. But uh there's it's a lot different than our our um than our generation was on social media. There's not as much cyberbullying. You know, the mm. the com I mean there's a lot of like liking comments. So the comments that are most liked will be at the top, you know, mm-hmm. and the most liked comments are always uplifting. And there's so many, there's so much uh, uplifting of others on TikTok, you know, and yeah. I don't see much bullying. Most people want, it's, it's, it's become cool to support people, yeah. which is really nice to see. And in our day, it was a little more, at least what I experienced, it was a little more like cool to put people down, you know? Um, it was like it, the, the comments that would get the likes were the most witty that like kind of made a jab at the person, you know? Right. Whereas that's kind of taken a shift and it's really beautiful to see. Oh, I love that, that it's, it's cool to support people. Yeah. What I a really great think thing it to is. see. So for, we all know, especially in, in performing, we rely so much on the feedback right? On people commenting and applauding and getting good reviews. So how, in maybe in just in your personal experience, how do you quiet the hard to hear criticism or the bullying, whether it's cyber or a bad review? How do you quiet that and focus on the positive? 
it's funny you say that because that's one of the biggest things that I struggled to deal with. And like, I'll be honest about it, but like, I'm the kind of person where I could have a thousand people say something nice about me and one person say something negative and I will focus on that one person and not think about any of the thousand that said something nice to me. And that's hard and something I'm learning about, but I don't even know if I have great advice on it, but I think that, I think it's just uh, focusing on the people that are supporting you, truly, you know? focus on the, on the positive in life in general, of course. But like, in that case, I, I try to tell myself, I'm like, why am I, why am I fixated on that? Why am I giving that person my attention or that review or that comment? Why am I giving that my attention? Mm-hmm. They're, they're trying to get something out of me most likely, you know, unless it's a review, that's a different story. Cause it's an opinion, which I have my own opinions on reviews anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's hard. Like who's, who's qualified to give it a artistic, opinion it's 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 complicated but and it is always um, opinion it's never fact it it can't right right it it physically can't be um but yeah I mean I'm still really learning about that myself I'm like I struggle with that and I think that it's really just support and the positivity and the encouragement and and understanding maybe why where that person comes from that said something negative, you know, why, why did they choose negativity? Is it an insecurity of their own, you know? And I think that really helps me personally to think about like specifically more so less with reviews and more so with like negative comments on social media, I guess. But yeah, just to understand maybe like, where are they coming from? I mean, I know Mm. I experienced a lot on let's hear for the choice of like people commenting uh, negative things. And I will, if I catch it, I will immediately delete the comment and I'll mm-hmm. message the person and try to talk to them about it. I'll be like, Hey, I try to encourage positivity on here. And I don't think that this does any good for anyone to, to write that kind of comment. Wow. And I, I take the time to have a comment with every, I have that conversation with every person that I notice that writes something like that. There's probably a big handful of people that have had that conversation with me and it always ends up great. They're always like, you know, you're right. There is no reason for that. And I will think twice before I do it next time. And it's never anything harsh it's I want to have a positive conversation about like hey let's uplift each other I don't think they, they probably see that comment even though you probably think they don't but they're on social media you know uh so yeah I try to I try to have those conversations when I can and that's been a really beautiful part of having this account it's been uh uh challenging sometimes you know yeah but. oh yeah well for you to approach people with openness and right. ready to hear their their perspective and share a little bit of why why you've created this account and what you're trying to foster and, and how that's not helping anyone. I'm right. sure it's difficult, but even just the fact that you go through the time and effort to have conversations with people like that is really impressive because you could very easily just write and say, how dare you? Don't ever do that again. But instead, you want to not do sometimes because you get, I, I get upset sometimes when I immediately see it and then I'm saying, okay, instead of doing that, let's just swipe, delete it. And that's like, just open a nice little dialogue with the person. Right. That's so impressive. And that's, that's the way, like you're saying that social media can be used for such good. Right. And it's because you put the time and the effort into doing that. That's amazing. I hope that that would inspire other people. I hope so too. Mm. So on the advice vein, I would love to know, so you've worked behind a casting table before in a few capacities, right? You've been an assistant director. You've been a casting Mm -hmm. associate. Mm -hmm. Big nugget of wisdom that you've learned from the other side of the casting table. The first thing comes to mind and it's always so cliche and it's said all the time, but it's 
like truly for you. And I know we hear it all the time, but like it re- if, if you are in the room and I, they, this goes a little less, a, a little less, but still very much applicable for like an open call. But especially if you have been called into the room, know that like there's only a very small handful of people that you're able to select because the scheduling is so crazy mm-hmm. that if you are in a room that you got asked to be in, especially they love you. They, you are a top choice. Like you are, there's so many people, especially in New York city, um, that if you are in that room, they're absolutely rooting for you. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to find what, what works best in this production. Right. Um, but I think it's so hard to, to not remember that. And I think the other thing that I've learned in, because I've actually kind of gone back to performing by accident a little bit after mm-hmm. casting, which is a really rare thing, you know? Um, and it's been kind of a gift. The first audition I had back was the one that I ended up doing, which was why. Yep. Um, and I, and I didn't know how I felt about it. Um, I had actually interviewed to work for the casting office that cast it. And I said, um, when uh, talking about going in for it, I said, hey, I feel a little weird. Is that okay? And they were like, yes, we understand. Um, but I felt so good about that first audition back because uh, I knew what it was like on the other side. And the other big part of advice that I would give is to know that that is your time. Mm-hmm. I went in there and I was myself and was ready to just have a conversation with the people that were in the room and, and first of all, let them know how much I love the material, you know, have mm-hmm. a conversation with them, let them know who I am outside of me performing this text, you know, and to really make the space my own for that five minutes, because I just, every performer deserves that, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, I would say the biggest two things I would take away were that everyone's rooting for you behind that table and to know that like, that is your time in there and to make it casual and make it uh, personable, I guess is the best word I would use. Oh, they want I, to know who you are. They want to know they want to work with you. Right. I love that. I think someone once said it to me that you, they want you to be the answer to their problem. They want right. you to fill that, Absolutely. fill that gap in their cast. So if you walk in with that energy, it could so uplift you and give you that confidence that you need. I mean, you can walk in and say like, I, I'm, if I were to audition again, which I don't even know what my career path is, I'm comfortable enough to go into a room and say, Hey, I'm so nervous right now. I'm just gonna let you know that, you know, yeah. because why not? Like, if you're nervous, they don't have to guess, like, is he nervous? Is he sick? What's going on? Right. Um, but you can go in and be like, whoa, I'm really nervous. I didn't need to take a few breaths, but I'm so glad to be here. You know, you can say that. Like, be an outgoing person. Say what you're thinking, yep. you know? And, like, to, to a degree, of course. But, um, yeah, like, it, it, there's there's no right and wrong. You can go in there and, and, and tell them how you're feeling, you know, right yeah. before you go to sing. Yep. Just be honest. Be yourself. And own your space. They want to know who you are mm-hmm. just as much as they want to know what you can do. Yep. Oh, oh, I love that. I'm going to turn that into a plaque and hang it over my desk. <laughs> I love all of that. I think you shared so much, so much wisdom. And again, because you've got so many different perspectives, it's so useful to hear. Um, we're coming up on the end of time. Um, we have one question that we ask everyone, and you yeah. can interpret this any way that you would like. Um, but my question to you is, where do you call home? Where are you most at home? Wow, I love that. Um, I would say I feel most at home wherever I feel love. I know that's a general uh, statement, but I think that that usually implies like being, it usually implies being around people that I feel love from, whether that be family, friends. Um, And I think that that is not a certain building. 
-hmm. it's not necessarily on stage it's not necessarily in new york it's not a specific place but i think it's just where i feel love and i think often that happens to be in a theater because those are my people yeah but i think that my general answer would be wherever i feel love yeah that's great and um ties so nicely because i would love to plug your video for ready to be loved where can we watch that well you can see ready to be loved i mean it's on instagram it's a little instagram it doesn't really have a search bar as much so but it's on broadway.com search bar but if you search ready to be loved it should be one of the top uh, videos and we have another video coming out um I guess I can say what it is because we just announced the song. Oh, yes. Tell us. We haven't, we haven't announced that there's a video, but I guess I'm kind of secretly saying that right now. Um, but we have another song coming out. It's a remix of I Am What I Am from um, Lacage uh, for Pride. And there may or may not be another visual part of that, which might be a video. Music that video. would be so cool. If there was a yeah. video, I'm 100% encouraging you to do a video. Yes. That's fantastic. So as long as everyone is following along to Let's Hear It for the Choice, they will see you post these updates. I love that. So everyone needs to go watch Ready to Be Loved. Yes. And then keep an eye out for your next project. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. I will make sure everyone personally that I know on the continent of Australia follows along with everything that you're doing. I need to come to Australia, so... Uh, let's make that happen because we, that's, I've not been to Australia at all. And that's on top of my list. Yep. We will welcome you with open arms. We will take Love you that. to all the theaters, all the shows, and then we'll go hiking because you've got yes, to see the scenery please. as well. Okay. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Jimmy. Thanks for chatting to us about everything. I couldn't tell you how much I enjoyed this. It was really, really nice. Oh. I, I miss you. And it was so nice to talk to you. And, uh, thank you oh. for having me. All right, it is Playhouse Pick Time. So many exciting things coming our way here in Queensland specifically. We're going to start with something a little bit different, and that's just a recommendation to follow. Let's hear it for the choice on Instagram. As Jimmy has said, in this day and age, musicals and theater are transcending onto so many different platforms, and we love all the work that he is doing, and I'm sure through following Let's Hear It for the Choice, you'll find some other great theater-focused accounts to follow. Great way to get news and info and um, just applaud your fellow performer. Our first show for our Playhouse Picks, uh, it may not be a story that you would automatically think should be turned into a musical, but since its debut, it won nine Sydney Theatre Awards, including Best Production. So described as wonderfully disturbing, sickeningly funny, and morosely satirical, American Psycho the Musical is coming to the home of the arts at the Gold Coast. It will be playing through July 10th, so make sure you catch its run before it heads out on the rest of its tour. You can visit AmericanPsychoTour.com to book your tickets. Speaking of dark subject matter... If you've ever wondered how you would handle surviving the zombie apocalypse, then our next show is for you. I'm pretty sure everyone has, especially if you watch anything like The Walking Dead or all the zombie movies out there. But Dark Stories, the crime company that has brought you true crime tours and live interactive crime theater, is putting on 
How to Survive a Zombie Apocalypse. So make sure you get your tickets for that. I don't think I would even call it a show. I would call it an experience. So book your tickets at darkstories.com.au. Now, we love recommending shows, giving you our playhouse picks and sharing updates on our past roomies. But we also want to encourage you to get out there and get involved. So in case you missed it, Lynch and Patterson, who you might remember from scene 14, are accepting audition applications for their upcoming show, The Classics of Rogers and Hammerstein. So if you love Cinderella, The Sound of Music, King and I, my personal favorite is Carousel. I actually watched the Carousel film probably once a day when I was younger. Um, Make sure you submit for an audition. Their applications close June 30th and the show will be performed August 13th through the 15th. What an absolute joy having Jimmy here on The Playhouse. I think he has so much great advice from all of his angles in the theater as we heard about. I think the big thing to acknowledge that Jimmy spoke about is how important it is to support theater, to support performers, to focus on the positives, you know, to really acknowledge what a what a challenging business we're all in, whether we're performers or directors or writers. It's so challenging and such a labor of love. And when people are putting in so much effort, time, sweat, blood, tears into making art, we really need to applaud each other and and tell each other what a great job and, and what great work we're doing. So I think that's that's the big thing Jimmy just just gifted to me in um, in our chat together. So I hope you follow along with everything that he's doing. Follow along with his social media. As he mentioned, he's got some other big projects in the works. And I just know from, um, from our work together and from speaking to him here that you're going to see his name many, many other places. Um, who knows, maybe one day you'll step into an audition room and he'll be standing there behind the table. And I promise he's going to be the most supportive person that you're ever going to audition for or work with if you are lucky enough to get that chance. So yeah, definitely make sure you follow along with him. Make sure you're following along with us at the Playhouse Pod on Instagram and Playhouse Podcast on Facebook, as well as our, you know, parent organization, Theater House. So make sure you're following along Theater House. That's H-A-U-S, just like Playhouse, because that's where you'll get all your news, all your information, upcoming auditions, upcoming uh, show premieres, things to go see, as well as the reviews, because it's just great to read what other people are doing and and read about theater if you're not able to actually go see it. So please make sure you're following along with everything that we've got going on. So our next guest is exciting for many reasons. Um, They are from Brisbane. They're returning to Brisbane to perform in a show that they previously worked on in Sydney. And the role that they're playing in this show, they understudied in their high school production. So with those hints and the fact that this artist is a Brisbane local, I think you might be able to put together who that is. Um, And we're extremely excited that they're visiting us on the Playhouse to speak about their show coming to Brisbane. And we'll see you next time at the Playhouse. Bye, Rumi. Hey ladies, come listen with me, Mixie Plum, as wonderful women I know, or even just met, share their soulful stories and experiences for them and us to all learn and heal together. But in my own riot girl kind of way, you know, explicitly, confidently, and loud. We all want to speak, we all want to be heard, we all want to be understood. Roar more with me and open your lady mouth.
Disclaimer, Lady Mouth is also produced too. A That's Not Kind of Productions podcast.